Hello and welcome to Only Fans on the Perfect Attitude Podcast where we talk more Euro 2020 matches and less over 18 content. Today on the podcast we are kind of doing a little analysis of the four teams left in the tournament who are still considered as your underdogs. I know the underdog slur has been used too much in this tournament. We saw Turkey absolutely flop. We saw other teams just keep dropping out but there is still four teams who are still in it who... Now, I wouldn't have expected definitely to be here at this stage. You know, there's a big nations that have fell out. The whole group of death, uh, you know, obliterated by this stage. But, you know, we're going to kind of be analysing which one's going to go the furthest. Obviously, we only do 25-minute kind of podcast, so we'll try our best to talk about these four teams evenly. But first up, we will start with, in my opinion, the best team left out of these four, and that is your very good Denmark. So, yeah, let's start by analysing Denmark. Uh, Arvin, I forgot to introduce you at the start, but we move, <laughs> move you, you're just a, a regular on these kind of podcasts now. But, you know, I'll say, I already said I backed them to go the furthest. Majority is that because of the, the fight they've showed for Chris and Eriksson uh, already so far. And just a defensive structure. I mean, do you agree that they are the, the favourites to go the furthest out of these four teams? Um, no, I don't. I feel like they're the second favourites, as in uh, out of the four by... Well, we'll get on to Switzerland later, but I definitely think Switzerland are the ones to um the the strongest, especially with the teams that they've played. But um no, with Denmark I feel like, you know, the defence is really good, the way they play their three at the back, obviously your fan well, your fan of Christian Eriksen, you know uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh, Andres Christensen, you know what he's all about. And, you know, he's a Chelsea player, obviously, and he's done well. He scored that terrific goal. Mm. Mailer, who's obviously been well good, like he's he's just been superb a left back you know left wing back bombarding forward and it's just come together to be honest I would like to think that um, they are doing this with Christian Eriksen but um, you know some of that has to come down to you know terrific displays especially against Wales I mean they blew them away there was nothing that Wales did that was probably one of the worst performances I've seen from from in the Euros just as a gen in, in general from Wales just blew them away yeah uh, I mean, the Wales in that game, did I just call them the Wales? Uh, again, like, it's very, very late here in the UK time. But yeah, Wales, they were outdone in every department by Denmark, which is not a coincidence, in my opinion. Denmark were just so, so good. The thing that stands out for me is the the, the defence and the goalkeepers. You know, They have Schmeichel and then the spine of the team kind of goes from Christensen, um, Simon Kier, and Vestergaard. He's not been very good, um, but he is still a great player on his day. Then you have Hoiby and Delaney. It just... It's a tournament-winning team. Like you don't win tournaments with flair teams, you know, great, great attacking kind of sexy Liverpool-style football. Nah, it is mostly a strong defense that builds that kind of strength and attack. And I mean, you mentioned Christensen, obviously a big standout player. I feel like a, a few big players for them are potentially Dolberg, who I even mentioned. If you don't, if you remember the first kind of podcast we did, I mentioned nobody's talking about Dol- Dolberg at all. Like he's still a big, big player. Nobody's mentioning him. And Braithwaite started to really come into his own. If you remember in the Wales game, he was driving at players. He was he scored mm. that beautiful finish, and you know it started to click up, friend, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Obviously, Dolberg, uh, Ajax. Well, formerly at Ajax, uh, I think he's gone to Nice now. So um, yeah, he's kind of the talent that's really what people believe that he's fallen off. He actually hasn't done too bad for Nice over the recent seasons, but you know he's definitely someone that I have seen falling off. And you know it's always great to see. But for country, you know he could step up. Those goals he scored against uh, that 
that curling one that just went into a bottom corner. That was just beautiful to see. That was such a great finish. Brathwaite again. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird this one because he plays for Barcelona. People take the mick out of him. But, you know, this guy stepped up to me. And I like in their front three of, you know, Paulson, Dolberg and Brathwaite. Who, you know, Paulson's just really pulling the strings, to be honest. If he's in there, you know, he's not really there to be the main man. He's there to make others look good and bring them into play, which I think he does to an exceptional standard. So, you know, as them in general, Hoiberg and Delaney, I think as far as CDM is concerned and the two partnerships, that's probably the most defensively solid ones that I can think of. You know, Delaney, who just runs around like endlessly, and Hoybjerg, who's there to collect the second balls and who's there to tackle or defensively. He reads the game very well. So, yeah, I, Denmark, they have a very good spine, I'd say, you know, from from the back line. Obviously, the wing-backs as well, Mayla being the standout, which has been terrific. So, yeah, I'd, I'd expect this Denmark team to at least reach the semi-finals. Yeah, they will be playing England too. Uh, that'll be a very tough game. We can agree with that. And, you know, for me, well, I'll pick Denmark you, as my favourites, my solo favourites out of these You don't know for teams. sure. You don't know for sure that England are going to go through against Ukraine. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm 99%. The 1% sure is just from Gareth Southgate's fraudulence. But, you know, apart from that, I'm pretty much certain. But, you know, like I said, I'm probably putting Denmark as top, top favourites out of these four teams to get the furthest. Maybe even the final. I don't know. And you'll put them a second. But, the main talk about Denmark is that strong, strong spine that is built for tournament football. Next up, we'll be talking about the Czech Republic. So, yeah, I mean, Czech Republic, uh, I don't back them to go very far. Do you predict them to lose to Denmark in, in that game? Uh, I believe it is Friday? 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 I, mm -hmm, I don't Friday. know. You know, these Euro fixtures, and I just completely lose my head. I don't <laughs> even know what day is. I don't know what day of the month is anymore. But, you know, Czech Republic... Good finishers, you know, Patrick Schick can get you that goal that you need to. Thomas Hawes has started to play well. And then, you know, what was this guy's name on the wing? I don't even know at the time. And then that really strong defence allows it to come together as well. But I think the togetherness in the squad is clear to see. Sufal and Suchek obviously have that West Ham connection. Vaklik, I mean, we'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, the, the togetherness of the team looks like it's really strong, right? There's a bond. Oh, 100%. Well, in terms of the quality of the team, I don't know how to say it's brilliant, but I don't know how to say it's, you know, awful either. I think, you know, especially obviously uh, Masterpusta, as I mentioned, he's got terrific um, work rate. Sevchik or Sevchik on the left-hand side as well. He's got, you know, great work rate when the times I saw against the Dutch. And, you know, they didn't really, again, like I said, it's, it's a moment of panic that, you know, causes these types of knockout games to slip out your way. And they just never panicked for me at any point, not even against England. There was never really moments where the defence was fumbling. I feel like everyone knows what they're doing in the uh, team. Uh, Soufan, Kajarbek, especially as a wing-backs. And Kajarbek isn't even a um, left-back, he's a right-back, which is quite, quite hilarious to see them putting him there. So, you know, the team as a whole, they know they're, they're structured, they know what they're doing. So it's just about trust within each other, to be honest. I think that's what's still keeping them in the tournament. Obviously, Patrick Schick, they, they know that he can score goals, so they're not really very worried. They're, they know that uh, Tom Hollish, Tom Hollish? I'd say Hollish and... That uh, uh, Suchek can hold the midfield. I know that Kalas and let me pronounce this talk properly. Sir, Sir Lus, 
Salutska. They know that they can hold a back line. So I think, you know, obviously Vaslik and Goal has been, oh my God, this guy's been terrific. So I think mm. there's trust within each other within the team that's still keeping them in the tournament, which I think is crucial at this point because for knockout stage, especially, you can't have this player, like, for example, maybe if someone comes in, you know, you can't have trust in them. And when you, when you pass them, for example, you can make a mistake, which I don't feel like the Czech Republic you know they don't they mm. don't really see that in any player and that's why I think it's keeping them in the tournament we can't forget how well they played against the Netherlands as well and like you put in the script here when they went a goal down they still managed to rally and you know, some teams could have took it easily I mean I'm going to use Chelsea as an example when we go goal down we just play shite against Arsenal uh, I mean a goal down when the other team goes a, a man down we a just capitulate yeah that's it and yeah Czech Republic I don't, I don't see that weak mentality from them to be honest uh, they do have winners in this team I know Suchek and Sufa, they aren't big serials, trophy winners, but they've had a very good season at West Ham. Um, it just looks like a team that have knocked out one of the, the favourites, as we even predicted um, on the damn podcast that we did a few weeks ago, I don't even know what it was. But yeah, I think, I wanted to get your opinion, so knocking out the Netherlands, they had to stay resilient and keep going, right? And only a good dude team could keep fighting and end up winning 2-0, even though they're a man down. It's, it's a bit difficult to say this, because obviously... People look at it and say, "Oh yeah, the Dutch won a man down." It is. It does actually get more difficult playing with a man down because you know they start becoming defensively more tight. The players start getting a bit more alert, and I have seen a lot of small teams who have still got gone a man. Well, sorry, big teams have still gone a man down. Small teams and still blown them away, or at least won against them. And with the Czech Republic, you know, they they saw that opportunity and they, they just took their chances and they were very composed in the way that they've they won the game. And that's what they've been for me the entire tournament. Never panicked, always composed, always have trust within each other and and they, they take their chances when they when they come. So, you know, they're not necessarily a great team, but not an awful team either. Yeah, and with Patrick Schick up front, who's in red hot form. He looks like better than Tammy Abraham. Uh, you, you couldn't expect the world. And I say the main points about Czech Republic is that real team bond and the ability of beating the big, big nations. Next up, we'll be talking about the mighty, mighty giants, Ukraine. So let's talk about Ukraine. Um, there's not much to say really about how far they can get. You know what I'm just going to say? They're out, they're out. That's what I'm going to say personally. I mean, I'm trying to be balanced, but... There's no balance take when it comes to England after we just beat Germany, just to mind you. Um, like I said, didn't look very convincing in any of the games they played against Sweden. They relied on that horror tackle, that red card, to play remotely well. I mean, is there any danger men on this team? I say Zinchenko's, uh, Yarmolenko, Yaremchuk. None of these players stand out for me at all. And the team doesn't look... The main thing I say is Shevchenko is a great manager. I'll put it that way. He plays a good brand of football, mm. but... You know, Arvin, what what's your take on Ukraine um, as a whole? I mean, to be honest, I don't know how they got against how they got through that Sweden one. Yeah. I think I I genuinely believe that was a fluke because Sweden they they look at the entire tournament. They weren't a man down. That was their own fault. You know, that was their own fault. They lost. Forsberg, Isak, you know, how many chances stand up performance for me. I would like to see him against England because I feel like, you know, they're the ones that could have maybe posed a threat, especially against, you know, if you have a slab head at the back, you know, maybe you can make a mistake there. But, um, yeah, it's just Ukraine team, Zinchenko, Yarmolenko, Yeremchuk are the only players that really stand that team. 
uh, Saparenko, he's been okay when I saw him against Sweden, Ukraine, but that's why, I mean, I didn't really watch the game, to be honest, because I was a bit depressed, you know, what happened earlier, so I was just watching uh, mm. Love Island, sorry sorry to everyone out there, but I just had to, I just had to sink low, that's, that's one thing I'd say, but um no, there's not much to say. And again, looking at the looking at the games they played, one nil loss against Austria, two one against Sweden, two one against North Macedonia, lost three two to the Netherlands. They only had five good minutes there. So they, for me, they haven't looked convincing the entire tournament. And to be honest, there's not much to say about them. Very fluky how they got through against Sweden, but you know they still managed to get the goal in the end, which you can give credit. Still managed to stay in the game and actually took the lead before anyway. But that was because of Zinchenko. So yeah, I mean the opening, uh, the opening half of that game I heard was just I know there wasn't really that much going on. It was very cagey. So yeah, against England, I I really don't back them. Yeah, I mean you mentioned Love Island. I mean I can compare Ukraine to probably Faye in Love Island. Just how has she gotten through to the next round? I just don't even understand. She's the most plain basic one with no kind of attributes to make her go through, but she still managed to go through. And you know. You could say Ukraine is a is a is a country that makes a lot of plastic, and Faye is basically just a plastic woman. Like, so I understand what you mean there. I don't know if that's. <laughs> they make a lot of plastic. I mean, Faye is just full of plastic. She's her body is made of bloody, I don't even know, polydol. I don't even, what is that even a plastic? I don't even know. Eleven, eleven o'clock, and it, I don't know, my mum keeps sneezing. Jesus Christ! But you know, a little bit more about Ukraine before we kind of go off on a tangent about Love Island again. Um, you know, there's not much there, and but the thing I will say is. Sometimes these teams do go far when they have no kind of... Like Portugal back in, was it 2016? They had literally... No, no had, way. They still had Ronaldo, man. Come on. No, Come but on. without Ronaldo, they were literally crap in the... I, like, I wouldn't say they were awful because they still had Rafa Guerrero, Joao Moutinho, they still had Verinha in the yeah. team. They didn't have awful players. I mean, Pepe was still they sort of experienced, but they didn't have the best, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but Ukraine, Ukraine, apart from Zinchenko, Yamchuk, and um, Yarmolenko, basically a bunch of nobodies, to be honest. So that is the only yeah. thing I'd say. But you know, it it could happen. You know, don't put don't put anything past England and knockout tournaments. Yeah, yeah. They will lose these games. But I say we've talked about Ukraine. The main thing to take about that are uh, they are comparable to Faye from Love Island, and they're not convincing, unfortunately. But I'm sorry, Ukraine fans. I know there's plenty of you listening. Uh, probably about one. But yeah, that's about all we talk about Ukraine. Next, I'll be talking about Arvin's favourites out of these four teams, Switzerland. So, Nishal, uh, I mean Arvin, let's talk about Switzerland. Um, first of all, excellent game against France to the character to come back from 3-0 down. The ability three, to one. win on all go... 3-1, bloody. Mm-hmm. I need to go to bed. Uh, the ability to, to keep a level and extra time, penalties and all that. And I just think they're a very solid team. The start of the tournament was awful. They lost Italy, the draw with a really awful Wales... And it's just a shambles, but I mean, oh, I mean, what was your take on the France game first? It showed a lot of character and fight that makes you hopeful, right? It definitely does make me hopeful, I mean, especially against the world champions. And it's not like France were in, maybe in the first half, they, they were awful, but in no way, shape or form in the second half where they were France, you know, anywhere near terrible because they obviously came back from one look down. Turned it back to three one within like I don't know like ten minutes or something like that after they conceded the pen. And I thought that was I thought that was gonna be it. That was over. And that does actually happen to the boys. And this is this is a place where you can easily lose your head where you miss the penalty and then you're like oh here we go again three one down. That's it out of the tournament. Well that's what I was thinking anyway. So that's just bad mentality from me. But this Switzerland team shocked me, man. They got from three uh, one. 
3-2 and then 3-3, which is just incredible. And it's the ability to score goals as well. When you know you have goals in your team, obviously, I did say before at the start, Seferovic was going to be key, absolute key. Seferovic was going to be one of the players that, you know, if you miss his chances, they're not going to go through. But he scored and he played terrific. And Bolo, again, every time I saw this guy, he was in the CDM position, just dragging the ball out of the pitch, which is terrific. Zuba on the left-hand side is about 10 times better than Rodriguez, which is crazy because this guy is Zuba. I don't really expect much of him, to be honest. He doesn't start for half nine. But, he, to, you know, against France, he played terrific, got his assists. He's got four assists, actually, in the Euros, which is the most. So this guy's been Granit Xhaka, man, turned to Iniesta. Oh, my God, Granit Xhaka. I mean, if you would like to elaborate on Xhaka's performance, it was incredible, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say because I didn't watch that game most of it. But thanks for the question. Uh, I will say that Xhaka, for country, is an absolutely different animal. It's like comparing a baby lamb to you know, Harry Haran, the Dargerine. It's just absolutely different animal. You can't even compare it, really. And, you know, uh, you mentioned about Steven Zuba. I mean, left wing-backs these days, you can't play a defensive player left wing-back. You just can't, you know. You have to play someone with some kind of attacking capabilities. Rodriguez, he has the technical ability, but this guy's legs are like a 70-year-old retired granny at the minute. He, he can't run to save his life. In the left centre-back role, he can drive out, he can make them switch balls and everything, and it's just perfect, but... No, Harris Seferovic, that's one of your best predictions before the tournament, basically, that you made was Seferovic, when he misses and he's dead, then it costs him the game. But when he plays well, it, it wins them the game, basically. And yeah, I think that, that's a big thing. Is Going forward, they look electric, Switzerland. I mean, Xhaka yeah. is so good at um, being that clockwork to in the defence in the midfield. And I don't even know what Freela does, to be honest. But Barbu was so quick and saves with Zuba. Then you have Shakiri in the middle and then Mbolo and, and Seferovic should get the goal. So... You no, know, this this system looks like it could go far, and the game against Spain, and I'll go as far as to say that Switzerland are going to go through. Um, I'm not even going to lie; I'm pretty sure they will they, go through against Spain. No, I'm I'm pretty sure they could as well because Spain they haven't looked. Obviously, they had you know their moment against Croatia. They scored five goals, scored five goals before as well with um, uh, what's it called the Slovakia game. So I wouldn't write off Spain as well. But, you know, I'd, I'm pretty sure they're a very good team, but um, Switzerland do have a chance, obviously. I'd like to think that Spain are worse than France. Not maybe this tournament, because I think Spain have done better, but especially defensively, Spain have been horrible. And if they play Pau Torres, then Jesus Christ, they might have. Switzerland might be yeah. confirmed winners. But yeah. The zooted guy, um, the zooted guy himself. <laughs> but yeah, Switzerland, I've, it, Italy and Belgium is a bit of a weird one, because I think obviously they, uh, them two have been the... Uh, standout teams in the tournament, especially the way they played. But um, so it's an, I do back this team to you know cause another upset or maybe even two. Mm, yeah, um, like you said, Switzerland, their system is built for knockout tournament. Same with Denmark. I mean, we're just talking about five of the back being some beautiful system. It's the way they play it. It's just spot on. Mm. I would not be surprised though if Ukraine and Czech Republic go through, and Denmark and and Switzerland go out. I would not be. This Euros is full of twist turns. Mm left turns, driving into roundabouts, you know, driving automatic test, just absolutely crazy things. I don't even know what's going on right now. But just, you know, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy tournament, but I won't be surprised. But, you know, guys, I'm going to get a nap. Right now it is 11 o'clock in the night and I need my beauty sleep. So I'm actually going to dip now, um, unless Arvin wants to carry on, which I know he doesn't because he loves to sleep as well. But anyways, guys, I'll see you at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning UK time. For, yep, 9 a.m. tomorrow UK time for another podcast reviewing, re- previewing the, the quarterfinals. Okay, guys, you can hear me. I need to kit, but, you know, hope you enjoy the podcast and take care.